As a young kid, my family, uh, when we would go to any of the Trudeau Masses, we would always make sure to go to Holy Thursday. I've been coming to Holy Thursday Mass probably since I was about five years old. And whenever I thought about the priesthood, it was always in reference to Holy Thursday Mass. This is really something that I have been looking forward to for about 20 years. So if I literally start crying, you know why. We are very blessed in our archdiocese with a beautiful cathedral basilica. The whole building is an absolute work of art. It's a wonder of the world, if you think about it. There's so many beautiful pictures and so many mosaics all around our cathedral, and I know many of you have been there. But two of my favorites in this whole cathedral are sort of hidden. can't really see them. They're a little bit out of the public eye. They're located in the sanctuary of the church on the walls on the very top overlooking the altar, on, kind of on the sides. There are two huge mosaics, maybe at least a hundred feet long. They're sort of panoramas. And the two mosaics depict the Passover on one side and the Last Supper on the other, both of them flanking and looking down on the altar. And it's an incredibly powerful thing when I was there uh, just this morning and even every Holy Thursday when I was a seminarian to see those two mosaics looking down on the altar as we celebrated Holy Thursday Mass. And after hearing a first reading like the one we heard from Exodus, I think we could see why the architect of those mosaics wanted them in the sanctuary of the church looking down on the altar. Because this reading from Exodus is the story of the very first Passover. And we hear those very detailed instructions that God gave to Moses and to the people about how to go go about this Passover, how to enact this sacrifice and to have this meal. We heard about how the meal would be prepared and how they would flee Egypt. And what we heard in that first reading, yes, those details apply directly to that first Passover, but they also apply directly to the Last Supper too. It was a Passover meal, yes, but it was one of a different sort. And also what we heard in that first reading applies to our celebration this evening just as much. This Mass, this sacrifice, this very meal that we are about to receive. Think about it. This is a night that stands at the head of our calendar. We are embarking on the holy and sacred triduum, triduum, brothers and sisters, the holiest days of the year. And we partake of this meal knowing that our flight from slavery is at hand. Not a physical bondage, but a slavery to sin. We partake with that escape, that freedom from slavery at hand. Our redemption is approaching. We partake of the unleavened bread. We partake of the chalice of blessing. But most importantly, we as a family procure for ourselves a lamb. We procure for ourselves a lamb without blemish, a lamb that with the whole community present is slaughtered at the evening twilight. And seeing the blood of that lamb, God saves us from death. So tonight in the days, and especially really in the days to come, we see how very tangibly 
how Christ is that lamb. That lamb without blemish, that lamb slain for the salvation of a people. We are called to eat his flesh and partake of this sacrifice of Passover, if you will, within the meal. So that sacrifice of that first Passover was fulfilled in the Last Supper, and the Last Supper, in a way, is fulfilled tonight. This is the beginning of our Passover, brothers and sisters. The sacrifice that will take place in a few short minutes is our Passover. And we partake tonight in something that is truly something ancient, but yet also something new. We see how God has been preparing humanity for this night since the very beginning of time. The sacrifices of old are all brought to fulfillment in the Mass, in the sacrifice of Christ, the Lamb of God. And maybe in addition tonight, we not just bring together all of the sacrifices of the Old Testament, we bring together two covenants, the old and the new, symbolized by that first Passover and the Last Supper, those two mosaics coming together over the altar. Those scenes are often memorialized in churches around the world with glass and stone and other inanimate objects, but they come alive in the Mass. And so the Eucharist fulfills not just those covenants, but it even fulfills the command of God at the end of this first reading, where we heard our Lord tell Moses, this day shall be a memorial feast for you, which all your generations shall celebrate with pilgrimage to God as a perpetual institution. That same Passover that we heard about in our first reading has endured to this day about 3,500 years. It's been fulfilled and augmented by Christ himself, and we have kept it as a memorial feast, as a perpetual institution. And we see how true those words are as we celebrate, really, that same Passover of sorts tonight. And our Passover continues not so much because of those words to Exodus, memorial feast of a perpetual institution, but by Christ's words, do this in memory of me. That command of Christ is what makes our Passover, what makes our sacrifice, our Last Supper endure to this day. We keep it as a memorial feast, as a perpetual institution. And we know that this sacrifice will continue until the end of time, until the day of eternity. When we no longer need symbols to remind us of our salvation, we will live it in reality, in the full, in heaven, where we see God face to face. So brothers and sisters, we celebrate tonight the greatest of Passovers. It's our own. It's our own Passover, where the Lord makes himself the Lamb, slain for us, and whose blood sets us free. So tonight and in this sacred triduum, may we have a profound appreciation for the sacrifice of the Mass and the Holy Eucharist, which we can participate in not just tonight, but every day of our lives. As we embark on these holiest days of our year that stand at the head of our calendar, let us remember that we are nourished and saved from death by Christ, the Lamb of God.